Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip, because we're going to be talking about how change is really our life medicine. If you have thought that change is your adversary, if you have shunned it, been afraid of it, fought it like life itself depended on it, I want to challenge you to stick with me on the flip and learn about three different ways you can identify um, what change is happening, when change is happening, and then I'll give you three practical areas to start with, yes, so that you can actually make make change your friend and have it be that medicine for life that you've been needing. So thank you, and I am going to see you on the flip. Hey there, Mona Me, and welcome to today's podcast. So we're going to be talking about change. And um, I just wanted to say that for all of you and me who might be feeling a little stuck, a little slower than usual, today's podcast is part of the wisdom smack that mother wisdom has for us today and so as um in the beginning the intro you might have heard me say that change is our life medicine um i don't want it to sound like oh i have the answer to the grail of life or whatever but i do want to say that change is our life medicine and the reason why i say that is because change is the only constant we have in this realm living and dying are cycles most of the things that we have are cycles that we go through in an infinitum, just constantly spinning. But change, it is what it is. And so because of that, there's some wisdom to be had. I was listening to someone in an interview and they were talking about a friend who had been suicidal. And he talked about how the friend had been stuck for a while in a rut and no matter what he did he couldn't seem to break himself out of that and that the rut and not being able to move being immobilized and not understanding why was a big reason why this person ended up successfully taking his own life now i know you're like why is she starting today so somber and I'm not trying to be somber as much as I'm trying to set the base so that you understand that this is real and change is a concept and a real thing that we need to take the time to look at. 
You know, most of the time, it's the funniest thing. Change is the only constant we have, and yet and still, it's one of the very things we fight with. All our lives, we're constantly fighting change because change is uncomfortable. Change puts us in an unstable feeling environment, circumstance, um, arena, whatever you want to call it. And so change is not fun. It's actually kind of scary if you think about it. But, but there are things that we can do to mitigate some of the uncomfortableness when it comes to change. So if you permit me, you know, I came with a few little notes to see, to let y'all know what Mother Wisdom was showing me about change. And so today is going to be a bit of a, a smack, not the little kissy kind, but the kind that causes us to be like, oh, I felt that. So let's get into it. Okay. So I want to talk about how change occurs in our life. Now, this is not exhaustive. These are just a few notes because we can't talk all day. <laughs> so I came up with two areas that change happens in our life. We have the willful change and we have the unwillful change. Now the willful change, you're, you're very familiar with that. That change is usually sparked by or fueled by motivation, inspiration, determination, self-discipline and the like. That change is when you finally say, I am losing weight and you do it. You take the necessary steps to do what you need to. You self-discipline, you manage your time and you get it done. And so that's willful change. That's where we're able to will ourselves to stop the habits that we do and all of the things that would come to hinder us. But oh, on the other side of that coin is unwillful change. And unwillful change includes, now this is not exhaustive. Like I said, I'm trying to put, you know, keep this simple, short, small, and uh, to the point. So with willful change, it can occur with trauma-induced change, yes, self-sabotaging-induced change, and lapse in judgment change. So what do you mean by these? So for instance, trauma-induced change. Uh, things that we go through like PTSD, uh, child, um, unstable childhoods of ongoing abuse, whether it be mental, emotional, sexual, or physical, those trauma-induced occurrences in our life can produce change throughout the rest of our life. Self-sabotage-induced change. Uh, to keep this short, that has a... Um, it's, it's not centered around, but it is closely identified with uh, self-identity, victimhood, uh, not wanting to be fully engaged in, in what we do, uh, fearing, uh, uh, fearing loss, uh, fearing failure, feeling, fearing success, fearing, yes, you guessed it, change. And so uh, self-sabotage can induce change, whether we're trying to or not. And then lapse in judgment change. That can include accidents and poor judgment consequences like doing things that land you in jail or prison, uh, having risky behavior that can result in uh, medical issues, diseases, and the like, uh, loss in status or class ranking, meaning you did something stupid and you got um, 
canceled. Uh, now that's the common term, but you became anathema to, to society. You were shunned, banished, you know, those types of things. And then duped, taken advantage of. These are just some of the areas that a lapse in judgment can cause change to come in our life. And so, like I said, these would fall under the unwillful change. And you're like, oh, Okay, so how is change medicine? <laughs> the reason why I say change is medicine is because we are built to constantly evolve, constantly go from A to Z, if you will, constantly on the journey. But the funny thing is, is we are human beings doing the living to have the experience. Now, recently I was talking with a, a colleague, uh, well, a friend uh, of mine, and we were talking about one of the subjects that has enamored me for a while now, and that is lifespan development. Now, before you roll your eyes and say, Michelle, must we be that geeky? Listen, just listen. I promise I'm going to make this fun and it's going to make sense. Okay. So when we were talking, we were talking about, you know, the different stages of life. And I was reminded of a book that you may have read or have not read, but heard of, and it's called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And he talked about how great military leaders always know their season. And he's not talking about a season for war or peace. He's talking about their personal season. And when I first read that many years ago, it stumped me because I yearned for being able to have that knowledge, but I didn't seem to know how quite to go about attaining it. But there is something about pondering on something, meditating on it, and putting it in your back of your mind. The mind is so brilliant that it will continue to work on something until it gets an answer. And I can't tell you that I have correctly pinpointed it to where I can give you a recipe, a one, two, three, but what I will say is that understanding change will get you to a better understanding of your own personal seasons with an S. And so with that being said, lifespan development, no matter the culture, the community, or the time of when you're born, as we understand it biologically at this particular time, lifespan development is a human thing. So for instance, a baby born in Indonesia is going to go through the same developmental, physical, emotional, physical, um, psychological that a baby born in New York will. So that's what I say when I, when I say how it supersedes all of these constructs that we have in our nurturing environment. So with lifespan development, we usually break it down into uh, four stages. We have uh, infant, adolescent, young adult, and adult. And I'm not saying anything that you haven't already heard, so let me speed through this. And so because of that, we understand that there are certain things that you're doing just inherently, even if you've never gone through a lifespan development course, training, or book, you understand these things. You know what a baby does, you know what an adolescent does, you know what a young adult does, and you know what an adult does, right? So speaking to adults, because that's who I'm speaking to right now, I want to just pose this to you, that because change is a constant, change is always moving us through these different developments, 
you know, the first biological, then spiritual, the body on this earth will continue to age. But the funny thing about it, and this came about when I was talking with my, my friend the other day, was sometimes we try to stay too long in a certain area of our lifespan development. And then change comes to get us to move. But because we are so powerful by the time we are an, an adult, we have more power to force ourselves to stay in one specific uh, phase of our life. And so we become rooted and rutted and unable to move past that. Now, I will say this, and that is that a lot of times when we refuse to change, it's because we're unequipped to change. Because going back to those unwillful things that can happen to us, uh, the traumas, self-sabotage, lack in judgment, illness, disease, loss of class status, loss of our place in society, the inability to see ourselves as valuable, as worthy, as deserving, that can cause this kind of situation where even though you're still aging, life is still changing, there's something about our psyche and our minds that don't allow us to take the trip as well. And so this is an area that causes a lot of people to think about whether I still want to be here because they can't see the value in what they offer, what they bring to the table. They can't see how someone can love them because they're so used to being defined as one way and change has happened to force them to be another way and they can't make the jump. Case in point, they call it the midlife crisis, but now we're seeing that that midlife crisis is being pushed back further and further away because we're living longer, healthier, because we're able to trick the eyes to make it seem like we're eternally youthful. You know, think about all the people in their 50s who look like people in their 20s and 30s and are still moving that way. Those are some of the things that reinforce our ability to think we can fight with the wind, that we can fight with the winds of change and win. <laughs> and that's not necessarily the case at this particular time. But I do want to say this, that when we start to embrace change as our life medicine, we start to be able to, like Sun Tzu said in The Art of War, know our seasons. And because we can know our seasons, we can still get all the things that we want to get. Yes, wisdom says that. You can still get all the things you want to get, no matter your age or what season you're in. So in talking with my um, friend, I, I was talking with her and giving her some of my musings and writings on some things as I continue to work through some of the, the legacy classes that I want to leave or, or present to the world to, you know, help people to get on this wisdom train. And we were talking and I, I was saying that a lot of times we have a grave misunderstanding of what season we are in our lives. And because of that, we stay too long in one season. So going back to lifespan development, I'll say that there is this triune of wisdom that helps us to understand what we're supposed to do, particularly um, 
as we become adults who are going to be viable members in our whatever society we're in. And that is the be, do, have triune. And I've told this story many times on various podcasts that when I went to grad school uh, in business, one of the first things they did was present this be, do, have. And they use it in the context of developing a company, a brand, uh, some, some entity that makes money and that helps other people with their livelihoods by them becoming employees of this entity. And they described it as being, understanding what your brand, your purpose, mission, agenda, objectives are, who you be, no matter what you produce, who do you be? What is your line in the sand? What is your North Star? Who are you? And then they talked about the doing. And out of this being, what do you do? What do you produce? How do you solve the problems of the world in exchange for income? Um, and then after that, what do you have? When you get back the revenue and uh, the income and the profits, what do you have? Who, uh, who authorizes what happens to what you acquire? You know, and so I thought that was profound, but then I started seeing it all over the place. And when it comes to our lifespan development, it's a tricky little thing because change is always moving us toward the ultimate or penultimate, if you want to look at it that way. And just, just consider this. This is a little the wisdom smack for today. When looking at turning change into your life medicine, consider that Life sets us up on a course to become the greatest being we can be. So when you're a child, you have. Your parents and society gives you so much that you just have. And as you continue to grow and become a young adult into midlife, you start the doing. That's when you are released out of the nest and you're off to go make your way in the world. Uh, you're responsible for taking care of yourself. So it's all about the doing. And then when you move into a mature adult, whether that is midlife or elderly, you start being. And when I say being, I'm talking about you have a solid understanding of who you are. And in your being, you're able to take the beingness and now function like a company would in that you only do out of who you be. And so everything you do becomes more potent, uh, more proficient, effective, uh, more dramatic and impactful because you don't have to use all of that energy of trying to do so that you can have. Because you've done that for so long, you've become good with that. And now lifespan development has said, okay, you've done a lot of stuff. Start developing concretely who you be. And how this relates to change is such that as we learn our seasons, as we learn that change is not here to batter us, it's not here to be our adversary, change is here to escort and navigate us through a life fulfilled, it becomes wonderful. Now, going back to my example of the young man who, and I don't know if he was a young man, uh, I'm, I'm just saying young man, but to the man who succeeded at getting out of here, what I can glean from that conversation 
or in the interview that I saw was that he was firmly ensconced in the doing part of his life. Yes. Mm -hmm. So because he was firmly in the doing part and he was unable to do, it caused a cognitive disconnect so great that it became uh, painful. And so I want to just say this, that if you're finding that, yeah, I'm in the doing, but I'm stuck. I can't move. And I don't know why. Listen to this part. Okay. So I'm going to go through this kind of fast, but hopefully you'll find some wisdom and wisdom will give you that little kiss, that smack that, that she's so good at doing. All right. So if you're in, um, immobilized against your will, if you don't know the causes for why you can't move, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to look at these situations of some of the big ones. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to answer it, but like I said, we don't have a lot of time, but I want to give you some pretty good um, known offenders that will help you. Look and see if you are having the sense of apathy and numbness, meaning that the things that you used to like to do, you just can't seem to get into it anymore. Or, you know, you just numb to everything. Nothing gets you excited. And the reason why I ask you to check those states of your mind is because that is a default setting for when there are too many inputs, too many things happening, too much change, and you're unable to navigate it. So here are three areas that you can check into to see if that might be something that's contributing to you being stuck in a rut, uh, a funk, if you will, loss of your mojo. All right. And those are comparison, aloneness or loneliness or isolation and misunderstanding of the seasons in your life. So let's take them individually. So with a comparison, I call it a curse. And the reason why is because when you compare yourself to others, you're usually working with only a limited amount of data that gets the context of your comparison all wrong. You see, everything is about context. And if you are on social media where you're trying very hard to keep up with your friends or whatever, the comparison curse is normally going to get you because you might know that, oh, they only post the good stuff. But still, if all you're ever seeing is the good stuff and they post a lot of it, you might have the curse of comparison that causes you to have self-esteem issues. I call it self-esteem doom scrolling. You know, most people call doom scrolling when the, when the well, you know, the plague um, of, of just scrolling and seeing more and more bad news. But we do that to ourselves all the time, whether or not we're in plague or out of plague with our self-esteem. We scroll down to the doom of our ability to stay in a good place. It should never be when you're on social media that when you come off of it, you feel agitated, irritated, annoyed, depressed, alone, in panic, anxiety, or, you know, all of the other things because of just observing. You cannot, con- you know, you cannot compare that. Oh, say, for instance, you're looking at your classmates from high school. And you're comparing what they say they have to what you have. That is going to definitely get you into a state of shock where you can't continue to move through your cycles of being. 
And the next thing is pacing based on what others are doing. This is a big one. How how many times, just ask yourself, how many times have you looked at what someone else was doing and uh, on the great white web uh, and you're like, oh, I'm so behind or I can't compare or I'm nothing, you know, because you haven't met this goal or that goal. You can't pace yourself with others. And I know just me telling you this in a few minutes on a podcast is it's not going to help a lot, but at least it will awaken the fact that you need to be mindful of not doing that. So that's part of the comparison curse. Let's talk quickly about the aloneness, loneliness, or isolation curse. There are studies and uh, results that reinforce the uh, notion that people can die of a lonely heart or a broken heart. And more and more today, we have people who are singletons. I mean, I'm a singleton. We're living our lives alone by ourselves, singly. And because of that, the way half, at least half of the population is wired, they are wired for community. They are wired to receive their energy from being around other people. And so the causes of a lot of people's immobility, feeling stuck, feeling in a rut, unable to break it out, break out of it, is really causing a lot of people who are spending time by themselves to struggle, whether it be with heart issues, with mental issues, uh, with health issues. Those are things to be mindful of. And At this particular time of recording, I can't even say go out and find people because society is not set up for that right now because of the challenges of what's going on out in the world. And so I want you to know to be aware of that and do what you can, you know, uh, to combat that if that is an area that you fall in. But then the next one is misunderstanding the seasons of your life. And like I said before, staying too long in one season without questioning, should I be moving along? So one of the things that I I would say is to do a 10 year review. Uh, When you look at one of my (laughs) one of my favorite people to to listen to and read and study is Dr. Uh, Michio Kaku. Uh, He is the quantum physics uh, professor and scientist. And he talks about the best gauge of uh, our point of time, span of time to get any real understanding of what's going on is a 10 year time span. And I'm borrowing that from him. Look and see. Are you the same person you were 10 years ago? Do you dress the same, wear the same hairstyle, navigate to the same clothing? Do you think the same way? Do you only think about the things that you were thinking about 10 years ago? If you are, that is a red light that you're getting stuck in a rut, that time is passing you by and change is fighting against you. Because change doesn't necessarily fight against us as much as it allows its impact to do us in. Because if you don't keep moving along, you're going to be the one who is doing the suffering. Change is going to be fine and everybody who's flowing with change will continue to be fine. But you will have a harder way to go. And so the next one under this misunderstanding of uh, the seasons 
is missing the cues. For instance, if you're at a point in your life where it's getting harder and harder to find and do the work that you've, you're, you've become very proficient at and very you know good at, say for instance, you might be in the job market looking for something and you're trying to replace the job that you were in, check and see if you're in a flux where you're supposed to be moving forward. And I say that because for a lot of people, they don't realize that they're still trying to be in the midst, in the middle of the doing when they're supposed to be transferring over to the being. Now, in my few minutes, I'm going to try to explain what the difference between doing and being are in lifespan development between the young person to the middle aged and older person. And I'm not trying to say to tell you to just give up and go sit in a corner and die. No, what I am saying is, is that your victory, your medicine is if you're privileged to be at the point where you are a being, you have a lot of power a lot of power. You can still do, but you do it at a different in a different way. And that is look and see what old things that you're really good at have become stale. Like what are your stale passions, hobbies, careers and relationships? What old things drag you down? What old things don't create any kind of spark for you anymore? And then look at what are the new things that are exciting for you to possibly chase down and hunt and look at? And you're going to see that possibly if you're honest with yourself, there are things that just hit differently. They don't have the same impact as they used to. And you might be even looking at a new career. And I'm going to go on and say it. When you switch over from the doing to the being, nothing is out of uh, you know, out of consideration, you're going to look at possibly new careers, a new life path, new business, new family, you know, all of those things that are dependent on what stage of life you're in, you know, and I'll, I'll end with this. And this is kind of controversial when I say it, but I, I do say it. Passion pursuits are for the young. When people tell you to follow your passion, they are clearly talking about someone who is still in the doing stage, who has enough time and youthful exuberance to do that. Uh, but when you're moving into the being, you're into sage pursuits that are able to show you the wisdom of how to move without having to exert so much energy. So now really quickly, I will say this, that when you're trying to navigate what what point you're in, consider creating new rituals. And a ritual is simply a habit or a routine with specified meaning. Develop those to start to see how you can get out of your rut and allow change to be the medicine instead of the adversary that we normally think of it. Understanding that change is all there is that's really constant you're going to be able to start to move and get out of these ruts and break away from those things that will cause you pain, depression, anxiety, panic, and all those things that fight to take us out of here prematurely. And so guess what? Yes, my love, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I hope that something that has been said will cause you to be able to get forward movement in the most healthy, pleasant, pleasing way. And 
Thank you so much again for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And check out the show notes. And guess what? Yeah, I'm going to see you very, very soon. I appreciate you so much, beloved. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.